came here for an intro, you're in the wrong place, buddy. Yes. You should know better by now. Turn right around. We don't do those here. Choke no. up on that mic a little bit. We right don't here. want your intro here. <laughs> I don't think this person's bringing... This person I just made up, they're not like bringing an intro. Oh, okay. They, well, they we, came we, neither are we. Expect, all right. <laughs> they came expecting one, but... Okay. Uh, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> movie time. Movie time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not sick of it because I, I don't. I mean, do I get sick of things? Yes. Oh well, we've been doing just enough trope for um several, over seven years now. Yes, we have. So no, that's not right. It's been it's, a while. It's been a. It's it's close to that. Six seven years. So yeah. I don't know why I feel like or sound like I don't want uh, to do this. Well. I mean, maybe sometimes we don't feel like recording when we record. You know what would help? What? You ever seen The Hunt for Red October? Uh, I... Put it on your list. Okay. I think I have. I think I have. Okay, It's a well, submarine movie. <laughs> it's a shot in the dark, huh? I know it is. <laughs> no firing solution. Wow. Uh, tubes one and two. Uh, right. Yeah, it's a submarine movie. Yeah. Uh, and in the submarine movie... There is a the, – the Red October is a submarine. It's an experimental sub developed by the Russian Navy, and, and it uses a cavitation drive, which is not – I don't know. And it's not really a real thing, but they've, we've experimented on, like, quote-unquote stealth submarine drives in sure. the real world. And what it does is, is it sucks water in. I, I think they say that it's, like, magnetic or something like that in the film. But somehow okay. it just sucks water in the front and pushes it out the back. All right. You know, so it, it's not it doesn't have a screw. It doesn't have a propeller. Sure. It makes a lot of noise. And so it's not like totally silent, but it's functionally silent for most uh, sonar operators on competing subs. Sure. Uh, like <laughs> like accused sex offender Jeffrey Jones says in the movie, it sounds like whales humping or something like oh, that. Great. Well, um, the thing is, is that uh, I forgot why I brought this up. Uh, <laughs> so oh, let's no. Just get to it. What a great. Half a story. You you were you were talking about movies and being sick of talking about movies and But I'm not. Oh yeah, I know you're not. We're not gonna get there. Oh, okay. We'll I'm never sorry. get there. I thought I feel like out of my many talents, um, as an active listener, one of my greatest talents is literally just picking right up with somebody else's conversation. So if somebody's talking about something and then they're like, Squirrel and then they're about what was I talking about? And here you go, on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. Sure. That skill is not transmittable, I've I've learned. No. No, it's not. <laughs> well, as long as you agree. What's your movie for today? Uh, my movie is called uh, The Prestige. Um, it is a Christopher Nolan film. And um, one that I'm kind of like... Considering when it came out, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't see it because it came out right between the first and the second Batman film. Um, but I had never seen it before. Um, so um, kind of wanted to check it out and see what it was all about. Why the hunt for Red October? We it was literally going to talk about how it's so hot in here. Yeah. Um, ah! Oh, okay. 
Got it. Okay. Yes. All right. All you had to do, let me instruct you for the future. Okay. All you had to do with your active listening yes. is to hear the alarm going off yeah, in the next Yeah, I hear room. that. Now, you're going to turn it off. I am going to. And I'm going to vamp for a while and tell my story. So all I want is a air conditioning system that is like the drive, the experimental Caterpillar drive of the Red October, which is to say that it moves air through some possibly magnetic uh, means, sure. creating no noise, no ambient noise mm-hmm. in the room. That must be what professional, not that we're not professionals, but let's say um, professional, uh, real decked out studios have, right? Because Terry Gross ain't sitting around in her underwear interviewing people. No, and she's not in a hot box either, I'm assuming. Like? Like like just dripping. Like Django Unchained? Well, I... I... See, my... (laughs) When I said she's not sitting around in her underwear, I wasn't referring to her formality. I was referring to the fact that it was really hot. I I know. I guess you're... You know. Okay. It was a... What is that? An analogy? An analogy. Um... A metomony, uh-huh. something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But we're at least we're on the same page. All right. Um, I also don't remember if if or when I saw the Prestige. Um, it was that, right what, after. Does that say something about the movie? Well, okay. G- you know, full disclosure. It's a busy week, so uh, we're double dipping a little bit because uh, we just talked about the Prestige on Just Enough Trope. But it's a film you haven't seen. Yes. And. I think you've got all Christopher Nolan's films on your list in one way or another, so it works. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's a movie that came out, mm-hmm. and this is right after um, Memento and Batman Begins. Yes. And so Christopher Nolan was, and really still is, in a lot of ways, the premier filmmaker in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah. And so I think people, a lot of people are like, this is, oh, this is great. This is really great. Mm-hmm. Ricky J, wow. Right, right. <laughs> they always do these movies about magic, and then he's just like a small part of them. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, um, and then there, for a year or two afterwards, there were these think pieces that were like, oh, you know, the, the, you know, the prestige. Mm-hmm. You know, here's, here's, here's what it really means. Here's right. the twist. Right, right, right. It's actually about filmmaking. It's what, it's yeah, what you have to do right. the, to the audience. Yeah. You give them a, a, a premise or a pledge. Right, yeah. and then you have the action or or the turn, and then there's some kind of twist Reveal. or prestige. Yeah, right. That's what it's about. Uh huh. And then the clock dawned on the second decade of the twenty twenty first millennium, or the which one is it? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> on uh, on the year uh, twenty ten, and yes. uh, nobody talked about this film anymore. Nope. Because I think everybody secretly didn't like it. Well, I mean, we, we've talked about this this previously about this film, right? Like, you don't have to preface everything with that. I, okay, sorry, I'll stop. I just said. I, all right, I, I know you did. And Terry Gross you, is you in did. her underwear. So, okay. sorry. Go ahead. So, um, <laughs> we're just, this we're does so so right so they, they they talk about how the the, the three different um, aspects of a trick, and if you know wh- how the Paul trick works, yeah, right. If you know how the trick works or what the trick is, oh, then it's oh, not oh, fascinating oh, oh, anymore. Ooh. Okay. All right. Good. Good. So maybe yeah. because they they showed us how, what the trick was of the trick of filmmaking, maybe this film is not interesting anymore. No, I think that's dumb. Oh, okay. I think it's just not good, <laughs> and oh. people had to put up with it and pretend like it was good, and now okay. we're out of it. And 
and, and it's not. And now that we're we're out of the the realm of it being Did you take fresh and new. One of my real we should have done it in a different movie. You think so? Yeah, I think you took one of my criticisms that's sort of speaking of prestiges and punchlines and climaxes that is the you took the end of like a really good criticism run by me which was essentially that and it's a movie about magic you know that tries to apply it to filmmaking and then you know just like mag- a magic trick once you know the secret it loses all of its you know it's it's power and attraction mm-hmm. but that's supposed to be at the end of like an oh. eight minute talk about but okay you just cherry right. pick the end of it and all right well Here's what happens in The Prestige. Okay. Wolverine and Batman are having a magic fight. Pretty much. That's all I want to say. I think that's sufficient, honestly. A, a very bitter, vengeful I can magic fight. Yeah. Yeah? Y- you can? Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other tricks you want to steal from me? No. Jeez. <laughs> to open at the Pantages? No. Thank you. I'm good. Um. All right. I'm, look. You've you're gonna talk for both of us, I guess. So let me just say real quick. Don't remember if I saw it or not. I'm fairly sure I saw it in the theater because I was like a lot of people excited about another Christopher Nolan movie, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't like it. And yeah, sure, part of me thought, did I get it? And then I never saw it again because I think, like a lot of people, it just abracadabra disappeared from my mind. Right. Um. And now I've rewatched it again. Uh, 14 years later, and I was like, yeah, this is not. This ain't nothing. I mean, it's like it's like the cage. It's like the cage they put on uh, Hugh Jackman when he wants to do the bird trick. Sure, it's elaborate and it's complex and it's it's brass or something. Right. But ultimately, it's just like it's just a bird trick, and that's how I feel. It's well put together. You know, they yeah fire all the guns and they do everything they need to do, but it just doesn't. It's overly complex. It raises internal questions about itself as you're watching it it's like why am i watching i would agree with that you know this is yeah i mean it's like it's the perfect example of taking all the right making all the right choices and taking all the the skills and um and filmmaking tricks and it just not you know i put all the ingredients in the cake and then i I bake the cake and the cake tastes like shit right right yeah so i don't know that's how i feel about it (laughs) um now fill 20 minutes wow i don't know if i can fill 20 minutes um I I enjoyed the film while I was watching it, but maybe like just like thinking about it afterwards um, and like, you know, critiquing it a little bit more. Maybe I didn't necessarily maybe even though I enjoyed it and I had a pleasant experience watching it, it's not necessarily what I would call a great film. Um, largely because I, something that you just touched upon that 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 it makes you question things in the film while you're watching it and it's it's not even like a you know what they call like a refrigerator moment like you're you're not even like thinking about it like after the film you're like thinking about it like during the film i don't think you were questioning anything when you were you were into this film well i was into it and i think that the movie now i mean with hindsight you can look at it and and see that and we're just assuming that people i don't think we'll explicitly spoil stuff but you know we're gonna come close to spoilers here but um the things that happen the prestiges you know of the character stories once you know the thing yeah uh you can oh yeah the movie was screaming it at me the whole time it's just going yeah very true nothing up my sleeve and it's misdirecting you and so this is why i think that like lazy film critics (laughs) film and people who do film criticism were like this is this is his theory on movie making and it's like this is his theory on movie making he hates his audience and thinks they're really dumb i think but 
it it can do all those things and you know like i said before still not produce anything but but it does it well and so you you know you had no idea no even up I to didn't. the point where you know batman and wolverine have their really like shouldn't the movie just end but they're really like a long boring climax where they both explain what's been going on the entire movie yep and i don't i don't think i don't know it's hard for me to remember but i'm pretty sure that i had figured out some of it and so i was like why are they just explaining all this stuff isn't one of them literally dying from a gunshot wound how do they just go through all this stuff but as it was all going through and even up to the last shot there's something of a reveal yeah and you were like did it again did it again that christopher nolan (laughs) i don't know if i reacted quite like that but um I was at least uh, for uh, one of the because they both have their own prestiges, right? We've shot without spoiling. For at least one of the characters, I had no inkling whatsoever. But how could you? Yeah, I know. Because like a magic trick, which is just, hey, random stranger on the street who's probably drunk. This is uh, one of those David Blaine specials. Yeah, I guess that's where I'm setting this. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Like... Here's, you don't know me. Here's something that's contextless, but you understand what a tennis ball is or, yeah. a, or, or a number or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then blah, blah, blah. Whoa, how'd I do that? That's it. That's 90 seconds. That's the whole thing. But in a story with characters that ostensibly you want to explore in this work of dramatic fiction, yeah. you can't hide everything from us for the entire time. I think, and now we we will just spoil. I think it's way more interesting to examine the lives of two men who have decided to be the same person. And it's sure it's a cool reveal if you hadn't figured it out, even though they're screaming it at you the whole movie. Yeah, you go, well, well, that guy was dedicated to little his little tricks, illusions. Yeah, right. Illusions, Danton. Yeah. Um, but when you look back, you just think how empty it was. You're like, we were waiting for that the whole time. Right. There's so many scenes where, you, where he's like, why is he acting like this? And you never know, and you never know, and then you never know, and you never know, and then the end of the movie comes, and you know, and you go, it just would have been so much interesting, more interesting to just examine that. But you can't, because it's you have to hold it back for this reveal. You can if you want reveal. that reveal at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with, like, cute Jackman's character, other than having um, Piper Parabo be killed at the beginning or whatever. Right. Which is a big thing, I guess. But that's a, that's a very stock, empty motivation we never understand his motivations beyond just, I got to get this Christian Bale guy. And at the end of the movie, you find out that he's, uh, you know, he has a peerage and he's been rich the entire time. Mm-hmm. And the idea of like a, a, a rich landed, like aristocrat running away to do magic, joining the circus, essentially. I want to know what the motivation was there. Like, that's interesting. Well, isn't but that... you just hold it right. back for one scene near the end where yes. he's like, I have your daughter. <laughs> yeah. Well, and isn't that just it? Like, w- like you were saying, I agree with you. It would be more interesting if we had actually examined why these two men chose to do what they did, other than the very obvious, I have to be the best and I have to beat this guy. And like, make it more complicated. But how could we know why that's their motivation to be the best? Because we don't even see that. Mm-hmm. We just are introduced to them as two young, dumb, full of magic uh, guys, and they really want that magic. Yeah, and, right. and like, what happened to Christian Bale that he's like, "All right, other me, we gotta be one me." Right. And <laughs> right, why? You know? Why did they degree, agree to that? Was it like as we talked? You know, like was it purely to do that one trick 
The well, transported I, man. Was I, that the only reason? I mean, the movie focuses around the transported man, the yeah. real transported, the new, yes. uh, the real Ghostbusters. Right, right, uh, right. The one with the monkey. Uh, so, yeah, I guess. But although you could do other things with it. But up until he comes up with the transported man, what's he doing with his life? Right. <laughs> like, it's just like, he, like does, does one guy work? Does one guy go and, like, work for Michael Caine and uh, and uh, Ricky Jay? Mm-hmm. Uh and then the other guy stays at home does card tricks or something like that? Like what? No clue. Plus, they would only be as half as good as a regular magician on their own, right? That's true. You can, if one has to work all the time, right. in my scenario, and the other one has to do card tricks, <laughs> Hugh Jackman could just – actually, Hugh Jackman was – you know, it doesn't so, seem like he would do a lot of card tricks. And, and they talk about how, like, his character well, or the, or the twins or whatever – are, are the quote-unquote better magician and Hugh Jackman's the better showman, is, like, one of them, like, a better magician the than movie the other never, one? Or mm-hmm. the better showman and, and the they movie, have to pretend to be bad? And the movie never... The movie has no value system because, um, you know, like, the people in... Ready? Mm-hmm. Would a guy watch a chorus line? Yeah. Uh, okay. A chorus line. Uh-huh. You have a bunch of characters, nominally eight characters, sure. who are... All have different motivations for being here. They all want... Yeah this job and they all have varying levels of, i'm not going to say morality but just the way that the, their value system and yeah. what they, why they were, are doing this but only like four can get the job right mm-hmm. and so the value system of that movie is <laughs> and i've never been to an audition like this but tell me about that time that you had to take your no wait that was fame she has to take her shirt off yeah uh, right. you had to act like you're eating ice cream or, uh-huh. or, you know like what yeah this audition just lasts for like eight hours i know but anyway um and it doesn't matter. You have to be honest. Dance as hard as you can. Yep. And that's the virtue, you know? If you have the most virtue, which is in this case talent and the right look, you mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it, you fail. Yeah. I mean, you get to join the number at the end just for fun. Right. Everybody gets to put their gold sequin tuxedos on. Yeah, right. So, but in this movie, we don't like, so that's about showmanship. And that's about like believing in yourself, having the heart, you know, singing your heart in your heart song. What is it in this? Because we are introduced to a guy who understands the craft and he is so committed to it to cutting off your fingers is nothing when you are agreeing to live right. half a life. Right. And then you've got Danton who I don't think we have – I don't know. They, I, I think we we're supposed to get the idea that he's not as good as Christian Bale, but I never really see him slacking. Like we no, follow him either. for most of the movie and he's working pretty hard. Yeah. But he understands the pageantry of – being on stage how to sell he would have made it into that chorus line yeah yeah right and the movie never comes down on either side of what's good or bad like you have you've betrayed this city and magic with your crappy magic ways you know there there is no value system it's just two self-absorbed pricks ruining everybody's lives pretty much why do i care why do i care who walks away at the end yeah right well, one of them has a kid, so I guess that's why we have to. All that. Christopher Nolan heroes have a kid that Michael Caine is taking care of. Yes, yes. Isn't that weird? It is weird. It's very weird. So, um, yeah, I just felt yeah. let down by that. I hate watching movies where I'm like, why is any of this happening? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And why do I care about any of the characters? No. Not really. I don't hate the characters. I don't hate and, them. And I but... think that they did a fairly good job of. It's weird because, like, you know, Christian Bale's obviously played like the greatest hero of all time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Wolverine. <laughs> and Hugh Jackman has played that as well. But I think when Hugh Jackman is not playing 
Wolverine, he's playing complicated characters. He often plays a character yeah. who is a hero, but you know he played Gary Hart. Like he plays like tarnished heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he just plays bad guys. Like he was. Um, wasn't he in a chappy? I don't know why I picked oh, chappy. Oh boy, I have no idea. <laughs> but I never I mean, saw that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then Christian Bale, I think, is kind of the same. Um, although I think he tends to be more, uh, you know, good or out and out heroic usually. But he's usually put through a lot, be it um, being, you know, an Empire of the Sun situation, or he's lost a lot of weight because he's the machinist or, or whatever. Um, but we. We we've I think this movie basically offers Hugh Jackman up as the villain. Definitely yes, by the I end. Think so yeah. Mm-hmm. But then for the whole second act, we're kind of following him, and yeah. I don't. Sometimes you, there's a trick, you know, where a movie or a or a book or a story makes you kind of root for the bad guy. Right. But this is more just we got nobody else. Like Christian Bale has left the film, and we are just following Hugh Jackman now, and mm-hmm. so now he's just the default. De- 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 default protagonist right and i don't really i don't really like know why i was just caring about that <laughs> Do you know what i mean like i don't okay yeah right i don't know if i would have picked him over christian bale but then there's nothing to hold on to with christian bale because we don't know no. and won't know his motivations right or the full extent of his life until right. the last two minutes of the movie right and and even then we have there's so many questions this but yes this magician is choking on the smoke for in his act you know what yeah. i mean like it's yeah there's so much obfuscation well and, and, then, I, and i don't know we've talked we talked about the book on um just enough trope a little bit yeah which right. we haven't read right i'm assuming because the book is it's just like pop like fiction right like yeah trash so i'm assuming that the it's got the same reveal schedule i'm assuming you know what I mean? i'm assuming yeah. it's this is just a pr- pretty faithful adaptation mm-hmm. which it's just even it's depressing. It's even worse. It'd be one thing if Christopher Nolan read a book that examined like the lives of these two, sorry, three men. Right, And right, then they right. went, yeah, but I want to focus on the magic part of it. And Ricky Jay says that I should like w- save all that to the end. Okay, that's a choice. But it's just like a bad movie from a bad book. Well, <sighs> one other thing too, like, so like Tesla's in this, right? And like... You know, I don't have a problem with that, but, like, he he invents something for Hugh Jackman's character. And then all of a sudden, like, we're already, like, three-quarters of the way through this film. All of a sudden, now it's a science fiction piece. And it's like... (laughs) Are you doing it again? Am I? Yeah, you could have set that. You set that up. You talk about... (laughs) Yeah, we got to teach you. You're you're the Christian Bale, and I'm the Hugh Jackman, and I am comfortable with those designations what do you think i don't know if i'm comfortable with what happened your finger what what finger what are you talking about chop, chop my oh sword. oh okay active i didn't listening. get it active wow. listening uh you just want to get to the end you don't care about the showmanship and that is not true i what, i just wanted to share that before we were done talking about the film right and i guess i cut you off but i didn't think that you were going to finish when i said that when we talked about this on just enough trope and i brought that up I said that it's a flaw in the movie's storytelling, which is evident that it was adapted from a book. Mm-hmm. Because the real problem is, is that you've got a movie that, you, you know, the big reveal is that Christian Bale is two people. Right. Right? Yes. Which we will easy to show with um, CGI or whatever, and we'll do that at the end. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the big reveal. But then also in the movie, you have a character who wants to copy that trick, that act. Yes. And so he needs to find somebody that looks like him. I know what you're going to say. Yep. No, well, I thought, this, see, this is what you were supposed to be saying, though. Instead, you just cut to the end and, and went, why do they have a double with the thing and the double and the guy? And my what? point is, they, they have a character who is not Hugh Jackman's character, but looks like him. And it's played by Hugh Jackman, which mm-hmm. in any other movie, I suppose, fine. Also, it wouldn't matter in a book, because mm-hmm. in a book, you can just write, and he looked a lot like him, and we're fine. Right. But you chose to have that character be played by the actor that plays the character that he looks like. Then... Yes, suddenly it's a science fiction movie, and you've got the the science fiction element is that he is making doubles of himself, right, right. and it doesn't. I mean, you can just push through that. That, but it adds this like cognitive dissonance. That's like, why did you, why did you decide to do? There's nobody that you can get that just kind of looks like Hugh Jackman, or you just put a thing on him or something. Also, nobody has Wigdar in this universe. Wigdar doesn't exist. Yeah, I know. I know. Everybody, right? every or, scene, or like some guy just blew some, some, yeah. some, uh, uh, you know, mutton chops on or a yes. beard or something like that. Right. Also, Christian Bale has like the most recognizable eye mole in the world. So he should have taken that chisel once he was done with his fingers and then got uh, the it up to the face. Wow. No amount of mutton chops can hide that eye mole. No, that's true. Or uh, a cowl or whatever. Do you think there has ever been an example of like a film presenting itself as a certain kind of story and then throwing in like a, a different element, like over 50% the way through yeah. that has worked. Oh, um, that, okay. Well, you got me there um, because I don't have a, a mute on my phone, but I also don't have, is it Ram or ROM? Like, what is it? I, I don't know. I don't have an excess. I don't, I only have long-term storage memory. I don't okay. have okay. like a, All right. Uh, so yes, I know that's a big ask, but definitely. Oh, well, the Matrix. Okay, the true. Matrix is ostensibly a movie about a computer hacker who's in trouble with the government, and then it's like, no, that's not what it's about at all. Yeah. Um, although, or it is that about that, but in a much um, more magnified way than you would expect. Right. Um, but that's 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 the your example that I'll give you. <laughs> Yeah, okay. There's, sure, there's plenty of movies like that. Okay. Or like, um, I just, I, I you don't see know. Vanilla Sky. What was that? Have you seen Vanilla Sky? The what guy? Have you seen Vanilla Sky? I know that it's oh, two weird words put together. Um, yes, I have seen Vanilla Sky. I don't remember it very well, but well, I have seen it. Well, it's based on a Spanish film. Yeah. Called um, Obrelos Hoyos. And um, they're both about one thing, and they're not really about that. And they're about that one thing until about the last five minutes. Okay. It's, uh, how do you say, M. Night Shyamalan in Yeah, right, right, Spanish. right. <laughs> right. And you want to do my, do you want to take my thing about bits too? Or bits about twists? Do my bit about twists. I don't know your, you do it. You, you do it. No, no, I'm sorry, time. I, I don't know what your thing about twists is. Um, you absolutely do. Twists are only good when they recontextualize oh, it, when you rewatch what you've them. already seen. Yeah. Okay. And that's, yes. I will give this movie a thumbs up for that because even though I don't really like what happens in the movie and it doesn't, it's not really interesting to me, the twist does, you know, it, it, it it's that last piece. Yeah. But I, and I, good movies should be definitely watched more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a movie is a one and done type thing unless no. it's, um, uh, Requiem for a Dream. I don't ever want to see that again, but it was great. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it again. Um, 
But uh, you shouldn't have to watch a movie twice to to get it. Right. It'd be like going to a restaurant and they go, oh, the food's great here. And you go, it's terrible. And they go, we'll come back tomorrow. Oh, oh it's, it's good. delicious. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I yeah, get it I now. Know. Such a subtle play of flavors. Right, right, right. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like something that you only have one chance to see, like what if the cinema burns down or what if they the movie goes in the vault or something like that. Like, right. It, you should be able to get something out of it the first time. You should, definitely should be able to get something out of it the more you watch it. But mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I just, I wonder if like... Did I finish my twist bit? It doesn't really matter. You did listen, you? Listen to Just Enough Trope. It doesn't matter. Um, do you think it would have been less jarring? Well, I guess I already know the answer. It would have been maybe less jarring if they had like peppered scientific stuff in throughout or maybe i'm just like focusing on that like too much um well i mean it's something it sticks out it, it does it, it it's also you know it's any victorian story um is at, at, uh, in danger of having sci-fi elements thrown into it i think I there's suppose. a whole genre right where they fly blimps and wear goggles and yeah. it's just all victoriana yeah this is um Edwardiana, <laughs> right, right, right. Although, is that too feminine? This is like Edward shit. <laughs> Better. Um, and so, you know, this is yeah. I mean, Tesla's monkeying with coils, and there's electric lights now, and you've got all kinds of the world's changing. But this, I don't know about the book, but the movie never nods to that in any way. And this That's second true. time wa- watching it through, actually, the, after the first time too, I was like, is is part of the theme supposed to be that like? Special effects and convenience, you know, and and fast food and Happy Meals Mm. are overtaking the kind of patient craftsmanship that Bale, a a magician like Bale, puts into it. Um, Jackman just wants fancy gadgets. He doesn't have the skill, but the gadgets can replace that skill. And ultimately, Bale, the classic man of antiquity, is eliminated by or at least defeated by um, by the application of science and technology. And money. Fictional science and technology. Yeah, right. Yeah, the money thing's probably more accurate for our future. But um but no, the movie no, I just I just no, dragged really that out of the movie. The movie's not doing all. that at all. No, it's not. So I so yeah, I just think that the inclusion of the science fiction is just I, I how else would you do it? You couldn't do it without yeah, science fiction. Yeah, I know. I don't know how you would finish it, how you would do the prestige. Well, you, what you could Unless, do is... Unless, like, he would, he would work he brings with his, his double. He brings, he brings his, his double, double back. back. Yeah. yeah. And then he kills his double and, and frames Bale for the death of his double. But then you don't have, like, the mystery and, like, oh, well, I guess Hugh Jackman's out of the movie now. And right. he's not because he has to come back in because I was the Lord the whole time. But he could have... Yeah, he frame He kills the double. Yes. But makes it seem like it was him so he can get rid of, like... Uh, Angier and that, that whole part of his life send Bale to prison. We just fixed the movie. You're right. And You're then right. There's, there's then no... we see he's still capable of killing well, because he kills himself yeah. how many times? Yeah. Well, that's just suicide, I guess. I guess. Jeez. A lot of suicide. A lot of suicide. Um, gosh darn it. I think this is why this movie and Christopher Nolan sticks around is because we're still talking about it. I hate this movie. I think you're let's talk right. about it for another half an hour. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's talk about a movie that I uh, I do love and yes. uh, is also not as good as uh, I think Uh-oh. I think it is. But Uh-oh. we can talk about that. Yeah. Uh, the movie I picked was a 1996 film called Brain Candy. Yes. Uh, I, I hesitated there because I, I guess it's probably Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy. Yeah, I think so. But uh, Brain Candy, basically. Yeah. Basically. A feature film from the Kids in the Hall. Mm-hmm. 
Canadian sketch group from the uh, early to mid '90s, who are coming back because we got to recycle everything now. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, they're coming back on Amazon, um, and you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm glad for that. Like, yeah. I don't, I like them. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's just part of this pattern. I it, yeah, I I would not disagree. I can't wait for Scrubs to come back. Don't 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 wish. I now he's the mean doctor in charge right oh yeah who died did the did the janitor guy die i don't remember who died somebody, i feel like somebody died yeah somebody died this is gonna haunt me um <laughs> really I i'm gonna know. forget about it right now okay what happens in brain candy um so what happens in brain candy um uh there are uh, there is a pharmaceutical company, and there are some scientists at this pharmaceutical company, and they are testing a brand new drug that gets rid of depression and locks on to your happiest memory. And chemically, chemically, <laughs> and chemically. Um, so you're kind of always thinking about your happiest memory. So you're always happy. It's um, like it's seventy two degrees in your head all, all the time. time, and um, right, and the the. The CEO of the company needs a new drug right now, and the 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 scientists who whose drug it is and his team um, feels like they need to do more research, but he doesn't want to get fired. So he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's ready." So they go to market with this drug. It's a huge hit, um, and several months go by, and then he finds out that. Um, uh, one of the test animals is in a happiness coma, and then he finds out that other people have taken the drug. So he's gotta, he's gotta, uh, you know, get to the bottom of this, get it to the media, and and try to figure this out and uh, fix this problem that he has created. Starring Noah Wiley. <laughs> yeah, no, right. this is this is a comedy. It didn't sound yeah, like you yeah. Sorry, a this is a comedy. Yeah, yeah, um, and. <laughs> But besides the main characters, uh, uh, the uh, the actors who were the the leads and the kids in the hall, um, they play multiple different roles. Yeah. So as far as like you mentioned, lead characters, they're they're all played by kids in the hall. Yes. Uh, people. Yes. Uh, as per usual, as is their thing, um, there are a couple. Boy, it's been a while since I've seen the show. There's a couple characters from the show that they squeeze into the movie, but okay. not. Like I can't remember if Cancer Boy was on the show or not. Oh, it almost seems like he he was, but I yeah, yeah I don't know. I know the cops or the um, the RCMP guys or whatever. Yeah, um, or maybe they're just Metro Police. Um, they're in the show, and yeah, there's some other guys, but it's not like we got to get head pinching guy his own movie. It's nothing yeah, like that. I remember head. It's that this isn't an it's Pat situation. These are right, all right, new right. characters, right? And Brandon Fraser is on this. Recently. Yeah, I know. So randomly, it's well Canadian. Yeah, right. I think he was just like, God, I love you, love the show, guys. You think I can just because this is like mid nineties. Yeah. This is like Brendan Fraser's coming this up. This is peak Brendan Fraser. Yeah, this is. Um, yeah. Well, no, I, Mummy would be peak uh, Brendan Fraser, and that would be like uh, 90, 98. Oh, okay. Ninety seven, maybe. Yeah, but he was still at the very least up and coming. Right? Oh yes. So this um, is George in the Jungle. This he is... must be a fan. He yeah. must be. Well, yeah, like I said, he's Canadian. Uh, they stick together. Um, uh, what'd you think? Um, uh, so I liked it. Uh, I have seen this film before, but I do not remember it at all. Then you haven't seen it. So, um, so it was like a brand new film for me. Um, 
yeah, it's it's funny. It's um, irreverent. Um, there's <laughs> what? How did you feel about it? Not like the uh, Rex Reed blurb in uh, TV Guide. <laughs> Whatever. It's funny and irreverent. These these clowns do some jack and apes that will sit no. Um no, I thought it was I thought it was very funny. Um there there's just it's it's a lot of like it's very goofy, I guess is kinda how I would yeah. say it. I was watching it and thinking, wow, why wouldn't people like this? Because this movie crashed and burned like that there's a reason that they didn't make another movie there's a reason that their show went out the air there's a reason that you can't find this anywhere i Mm. I don't think this is streaming anywhere you might be able to buy it on amazon but you can't get this anywhere right and um and i think that'll change one of the reasons i think they're bringing all these old acts back is so they can repackage uh, and sell DVD sets, Probably. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't hurt, right? So you might see this again in the future, and if you do, I say pick it up. But, yeah, when I was watching it, you're, you're right about the um, the gags that are just goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really <laughs> – we'll get to it. Um, and then also there's – I think there's a little too much, and I think it comes from their work as um, – they were never like um, improvisational um, sure. s- sketch guys, I don't think, but they were comfortable with – negative space and they were comfortable they were committed to um making sure the character is a thing and not just he looked like a man or whatever like they're they always yeah, built these right. characters usually that were except for dave foley uh uh who that you know could fully exist realized. on their own yeah, yeah outside right. of the sketch and so it's a there's not the joke to time ratio. Uh, it isn't like the three laughs of, uh, or a laugh every three seconds or whatever. There are some things that rely on pausing. There are things that rely on um, kind of a slower burn. Yeah. Um, to get to maybe an underwhelming punchline. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but as I was I watching think, this, I was just thinking yeah. like this is, you know, if you, you this wouldn't even get published today. They, they say go back and put some more jokes in it. Um but yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's if you like the show, it's exactly that kind of humor still. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, in some ways, it's even more that kind of humor. Oh, the Queen, of course, the Queen is on the show all the time too. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> so they have her right. in this real quick. Um, I think a lot of the jokes are are very you know are based off of like visual cues and things that you would like you know just see. Like if you weren't listening, you, there you wouldn't necessarily know that there was like a a joke. Yeah, well, you know, usually people watch movies with their I, eyes. I know, but I just, I just mean like, I, I don't know, like the, the, the whole, like, like just the way that they, they do things. Like, there's this one part where like the CEO is, uh, talking to Chris Cooper, who's the guy who invented the drug, and and Chris is like, "Don't point your finger at me. Get your finger out of my face." And he like shoves his finger out of his face, like, but it's not like violent. And it's, you know, it's, but it's really silly, but he does it like multiple times and it gets progressively funnier, you know? Yeah. And then like later we see he's got this really weird, horrible metal contraption over that one finger, you know? And it's like. So I've puzzled over this for years and I'm sure the information is available if I go look for it, but he, he's doing Lauren Michaels. Oh, 
producer, my God. producer of the film and, I didn't and the kids think in the hall. About that, but yes, that makes perfect sense. This came, he beat Mike Myers to press because this came out in '96. Austin Powers was '97. So close your eyes and listen to you know, you know. I offer you these things, uh, Chris, and they'll be yours eventually. Like it's it's just Doctor Evil, right? No, and you're so Doctor right. Evil's got the finger. Yes. He does a pinky, but that's apparently a tick that uh, Lauren Michaels does. He goes, mm, okay, cut it, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay. And so they were just, instead of having doing it in every scene like Mike Myers does, I think they were just trying to accentuate, like, that body part. Also, he, it's okay. weird because Mike, <laughs> these were probably in development at the same time, this and Austin Powers, but he even comes out in, like, a Nero suit at the end. Like, he looks like Dr. No. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, or, or, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, what is Mike? Then suddenly, a year later, a movie comes out, and Mike Myers is just steals the bit. Does Lauren Michaels have a suit like that? He must, right? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. I, I don't think he. <laughs> there's no way you couldn't get away with that. But anyway, that's okay. yeah, that's what's going on there. So uh, all the that makes so much more sense. Mannerisms like, like, and wow, yeah. I can imagine some you know SNL. Uh, writer star you know facing him down over a desk and him being like is it ready or not <laughs> so that's explains that okay um, right. yeah yeah and it's, it's just uh it's it's comedy based on uh de- depressing sadness on on yes yes and i think that that does characterize their comedy in general but i can also it's another strike for like oh why wouldn't people like this because, like, the whole – in fact, the whole goal of the movie is everybody's too happy and then they have to try to make them sad somehow. I know. And, uh, and, and even, like – they're excited that they made a little lady sad. 957, yeah. yeah. Like, even her happiest memory is this, like, depressing, like, exaggerated well, view that's of, just like, it, elder right? abuse and neglect. Yeah. yeah. Like, everybody's happiest memories are just, like, they're the worst, more, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not great. Yeah, there can't be any, like, honest uh, joy in this movie, although Grievo seems to be having a good time once he uh, starts taking the pill. Who is uh, Grievo the, the... He was too depressed to go on. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's having a good time. I don't know, um, the the closeted husband seems like he's uh, well, okay. <laughs> enjoying himself a little bit more. Uh, let's finish up Grievo, okay. and then we'll move on to that. And that's probably going to be through the end of the show. Uh, yeah, love Grievo. And I, and <laughs> I want to call out Bruce McCullough specifically, who, I mean, every they're all talented yeah. comedians and uh, character actors and sketch uh, uh, actors. But I don't know what it is about him. Like, he's he's got a certain look, and you think it would only really fit for one thing. And I think a lot of his characters, you know, in, on the show were like, that sort of character of like, whatever, man, I don't care. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the thug that's going to come in and, and disrupt this scene somehow, you know. But he's he, he's so good in this movie. He, you know, he plays Alice <laughs> the whole time. Uh, yeah. Who's not, not a very deep character, but, no, but, but kind of funny. Uh, she's very sweet, and she gets freaked out and just runs away kind of goofily. Yeah. yeah, and very repressed. And, yeah. And it, just in that theme of like, you know, you're not special. Shut up. Like at the end, like when Chris is like, why don't you take the drug? And yeah. then she's like, yeah, you take the drug. And then the other guy's like, shut up. <laughs> she's like, oh. Um, but yeah, they're uh, they're they're all great. And Grievo is. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't remember if he was on the show or not. I, th- I would have remembered. Right. I, I mean, 
okay, so the whole, sp- the, the spin whole setup spin for that for is, is great, right? Like, like, like the the just the 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 music for that song, yeah. Just like how hardcore and like depressing it is, right? Some and like the bands, right? Some nights I work, yeah. And like I work alone, and and like the band is just like hey, rocking stop, out, stop, right? Stop. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> The brunette groupie. She looked familiar. As Redax. Oh, and we okay. snap that one shut and we move on to Scott Thompson. Whoa. I've heard that just because a member of that community is doing it doesn't make it okay. That's okay. what I've heard. Yeah, that is what I've heard as well. However, how could a a person who is part of that community would have the deepest insights and would have the would be able to explore people's you know stereotypes and opinions about gay people uh-huh. to the point where they could create something that somebody else tried to do would be uninformed sure right i would think so and that's how i'm justifying the park bathroom <laughs> bit oh my gosh <laughs> which is uh, uh i know right Although they, they, they bring it back later, and they it's do. really funny. They do, with a, with a lab. It's all yours, Captain. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, but, the, yeah, but the closet of dad is like one of my favorite characters. And, and his family is just so happy. They all know, and they're, they're so, so happy, happy for that him. They're so happy that he's finally gay, or right? he can yes. accept that he's gay. And even and he, the song, and the little march in the song they do at the end, like there's even, they, they kept that little bit of denial because he's like, you know, I once was straight, but now I'm gay. I think the drug made me that way. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Even, even in his fully realized state, just can't let go of it. But, yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard for me to to tell just because I don't think something's offensive. You know, it doesn't mean that it isn't offensive to other people. But Well, that's I feel like that's this is fair. Can it get past? I, Although I, when he was playing that club kid in the back of the cab, I think he might have been in a in a face in a color face though. Oh, you think so? Yeah, he was a little darker than uh, okay. than a Canadian right. guy. Well, that's maybe not okay. So, but anyway, um, I was gonna say this, like, so I've seen Dave Foley, um, and a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't really seen the other actors and Kids in the Hall and other things. Is that because they're Canadian, or have they just not? Like, I know Dave Foley's been in, like, U.S. stuff, so maybe that's why I've seen him more. So, I'm, I, you know, maybe I'm just ignorant. Um, do you know a show hmm. called um, Slings and Arrows? I do. Okay. Yes. Well, if you remember Slings and Arrows, the yes. guy who, like, runs the theater manager? Yes. Uh, he is one of the kids in the hall. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's a that's another Canadian show, if I remember and Mark, right. Yeah, right? that's Mark McKinney. He he okay. shows up in some stuff. Um, okay, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, what's the deal? Like, they're or if they're all funny, they're all talented. So why aren't they in more things? Do they have like are, independently are, wealthy? Maybe five independently wealthy yeah, Canadian men. Yeah, that seems men? kind of weird, right? Like, are they like? Do they do like stand up? Do they do? You know what I mean? Do they do like a lot of writing? Because um, did did some of them write on the show too and write the movie? I think they wrote everything. Okay, 
<clears throat> maybe they they maybe they focus on their writing. Maybe they do more writing these days. I mean, I know they're going back and doing the show again, so obviously there's a a desire if only to do that. There was a website that could tell us this. Okay. I All right. am the best person to ask about IMDb. Just look it up. On I know, I know that's what you were doing before you started doing the, the acronym thing. Well, way to join in in the bed. Jeez. Oh, uh, you leave the hall, go into the room. You are wow. not one of the kids. Wow. But just like the way that they create characters, even if they're only going to be there for a little bit. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> we had the montage of unhappy people at the beginning and then. Yeah, right. Uh, she's like, come on, baby. Come on. You got to fucking take me back. And she's yeah. like, why would you sleep with my sister? Yeah, right. And he's like, you you stole that car. I stole it to make it up for you. Yeah, I slept with your sister. Don't shoot the messenger. I know. <laughs> You're never going to see them again? No, no. Or, uh, you know, the in the, the groupies, you know, um, there's the two actual female actresses. Yes. And then uh, Mark McKinney is one of them. Yes. And just like this little detail of uh, Esri Dax like burns I her hand, know, arm with a cigarette and then is like, mm, and then she's like, starts dancing and the girl's yeah. like, oh my God. I know. But then she like starts kind of like dancing like she is, you know? And just yes. Like, she's just a, a poser basically yeah. like i don't want to put that on her but it She's just captures her but it, but you you know we've all this, this experience of being around somebody who we think is cooler is cooler than us and we're trying to like emulate you know, them emulate them and mimic them yes and that's all that's like 15 seconds yes 15 seconds like yeah. this three-dimensional character boom yeah yeah uh right and you think i about think the, that that's really neat um yeah. And oh, and the um, the other scientist guys that they brought in at the beginning; those are other characters, like fully realized characters that we hey, won't see again. I'm, I'm an elephant rider. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've I've said that more than once. Okay. <laughs> or the scientist that the they thing. they're you know. So what, what what are you working on? He's like, I've made a pill that gives worms to ex girlfriends. I know. And it, it, it's the board is like. They're on board with worms. They just want to make sure that it can cross the aisle. Would it give worms to ex-boyfriends as well? <laughs> I know. I love that that's the People don't get point. it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just like these, just a character who will just die on any dumb hill. Do you know what I mean? That they that they believe in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and then even like um, the 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 lady who was like their first test patient, like her horrible son and his wife, like they agree to come to the party because they get a check for ten thousand dollars. Right. You know, they're I don't put think... her in the comatory. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think they would be there without that check. You know what I mean? And yeah, they're their old girl. Yeah. Right. Right. We know right. you'll be taken care of in <laughs> Roratoris comatoriums. Or, or like Chris Cooper's dad, who like weirdly pets his forehead. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow, and like he's so depressed. He walks up the stairs of the house, and his briefcase opens. Yeah, that's a good paper. Th- that's fly a, the out classics and... are the best. That's an old, old but good sight gag. Mm-hmm. Did you give the house a good cleaning today? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's dark. Where this is. is this scene uh, uh, is is happens right before a, a man uh, takes two hours to kill himself with a gun. I know, <laughs> I know, just... I know. Yeah. So uh, you know, it, hey, it's dark. It's very dark. But there are these little bright lights of 
these kind of character bits. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorite characters is Bruce McCulloch and Cisco, the marketing, oh my the head, gosh. Of, head of marketing. Yeah, he's oh, gross, <laughs> he's right? A, but he's got an arc. Like, he's such a prick. Yes. And then this drug works, you know, and so... Uh, Dr. Cooper, you know, rises and he has, becomes his, you know, his assistant, basically. Yeah. So it's just like top of the world. Everybody's laughing at his jokes to having to follow uh, this nerdy, you know, Chris Cooper around. Chris Cooper's an actor, by the way. Oh. <laughs> He's that actor. We talked about him on some show previously. He's that actor that you bring in who's like, Was we he... need a we need a redneck. And he's like, oh, boy, I'm a, I'm a redneck. Yeah, I know. And it's he... too bad because he's a really good actor. He's the, the dad in American Beauty, right? He's the, the yeah, he's the, the, the... the next door dad that yes. collects Nazi mem- memorabilia. Yeah, also. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, that's, and that's a, he's the... Uh, closeted dad. Yes. Not funny. I don't think the kids in the hall can make right. that funny. No. But no. like, he's, you know, he's just, he's a prick and then he kind of gets his, his comeuppance because a bird flies into his eye. I know. I don't know why. I think maybe it's supposed to mimic the, the story of the bird flying into his Right, but you know, if we're going to but... complain about like the prestigious like script yeah, problems, like why do I they know. go back to a bird? I don't know. It's so random. I mean, it gives him like, uh, he I... looks like, oh, number two. Number two in Austin Powers. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Did Mike Myers show his script to Mark McKinney, do you think? And Mark <laughs> McKinney's like, watch this. This is going to drive him nuts. Oh, my gosh. I don't this know. Is, this is going to drive him so nuts. In about 20, 25 years, he's going to host a game show as a fictional character. I know. <laughs> That's weird. Let me finish my Cisco story. Okay. That thought, the thought. No. Uh, uh, so so they're sitting at the table and now, like, you know, Chris Cooper's a monster. And he's like, I got to see more dogs. I got to see more dogs. I and know. everybody's arguing around the table. And then they don't even cut show it. But the dog's like, ruh, ruh. I thought that was like the dog was like arguing, too. <laughs> you get that scene in a movie, you know, or a player is like, you did that. And you did it. You did it. And everybody's like, this yes! indistinct yeah. argument. And the dog's like, ruh, ruh, ruh. no, I get what you're anyway, saying. Yeah. And then Cisco, like the the lady the, who's the only woman on the board who's just i know you know she's dumb but she definitely takes a lot of abuse and she's like oh do you mean your your coffee's lukewarm uh-huh it's like no it's luke skywalker and people are like ha ha ha, ha it's good yeah right and you can see that, like five emotions go over his face because he's sort of like what's that sound oh it's laughter oh they're laughing at me yeah, yeah I'm back on top yeah ooh, ooh, not too much not too much right like, it's just these little these little worlds that these characters like exist in yeah yeah, no, it's it's good. <sighs> it's really good. What you, you, what's the new Tiffany Haddish movie? Do you think? Uh, I don't even that wanna... happens in her her movie. No, you said before we started talking about this, you didn't think this was maybe necessarily as good as you had well, remembered it being. I know we've spent the last twenty five minutes talking about all the punchlines and stuff, but I said active listening at the beginning of the segment. I laid out all the reasons why. It would not be really acceptable now. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, gotcha. Because of Tiffany Haddish. And wow. Not her specifically, but just the ilk of, I'm a f- comedian who has had a meteoric rise for some reason. I'm uh, Dane Cook, and so here's Good Luck Chuck, mm-hmm. which right. I'm sure is hilarious. Right. But I haven't seen it. No, I haven't either. Any last thoughts about Brain Candy? I would recommend it. I bet that title's force on him. You think so? I bet they had some like weird title, or just let's just call it the Kids in the Hall movie. And they're like, well, we need something that we can put on materials. Catchy. The real world Cisco. <laughs> yeah, in. right, right. 
Um, Eye patch. <laughs> sucking up, you ugly sponges. Uh, and then they were like, oh, we, we thought brain candy. Because <laughs> it's in your brain. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought that, I mean, this is maybe a silly thing. But I thought that the, the the drug actually looked really cool when they were testing it. Like, it's, like, blue and it's, like, all funky shaped and everything. And then, like, the drug company gets their hands on it and it looks like a fancy butterscotch. Yeah. You know? Well, it probably was a fancy butterscotch <laughs> for the prop. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you for joining me, uh, members of the media. <laughs> College radio. Yeah. <laughs> Weapons and helmets and magazine. Yeah. And of course, Teen Beat. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't think you could even do, if Austin Powers, I don't know, Mike Myers needs to fill up the coffers again and brings Austin Powers back. Yeah. <sighs> what? Now you're worried this is going that out you live, put out so in the world. So we can't destroy it. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to come back. He's got to do like Born, right? No. So it's all shaky cam, right? As Austin Tell Jay Roach to yeah. take a break and get Paul Greengrass in here. Yeah, sure. But anyway, if they do that, you'd have to like this. That's the kind of humor that we're talking about because you go like, well, I can see that you're X, Y and Z. And then we reverse, you know, cut to whatever it is. And the guy's like, whoa, he's wearing something crazy or something. Right. I, no, I, I, I think that's dead. Right. They don't really do that anymore. No, they don't really do that. Anymore. I'm not saying they have to keep doing it. Like no. the world moves on, but yeah, right. That's what this is. Yeah. This movie stands on the precipice, I think, of you know old comedy and new comedy, and that sounds sure. way more noble and important than <laughs> it probably is. But I enjoy it. Yeah. All right, we stretched pretty much everything we can get out of that. I think. Okay. So let's let's wind it down. What did we learn? Um, what did we learn? Um, no, we don't have time for you to think about it. Oh, okay. Just say something. Um, we learned that maybe don't tell us, um, what your trick is and maybe we'll enjoy it more. Um, and, uh, we also learned that you gotta test your drugs all the way, man. And... And uh, Grievo is awesome. That's what we learned.